Hello and welcome back to the Boink Radio Podcast after what feels like it's been, I don't know, it feels like four weeks, but it's only been two weeks. Anyway. Well, because we're all in lockdown, it, it really extends the time out. <laughs> it's it been like a month. I don't even know what's happening right now. Am I, are we recording? <laughs> Craig, are you listening? So this is the Boink Radio Podcast here on the Boink Network Discord server. We do this every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Everyone is welcome to join in the chat with your mic or the text chat and just come hang out, talk about Boink projects. We do some news. We talk about some cool science stuff if there's no Boink news or whatnot. We got a good crew in the chat today. We've been talking about soup and Delta just did a project brief. Delta being the charming Australian gentleman. You just heard me being Jay Ringo, us being your host for the day. Woo! We're back into the swing of things, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I got something new today. <laughs> you do? Oh, before we get to your thing, let's tell the good people what we'll be talking about today. Um, I think we're basically just going to catch up over the last couple of weeks, right? We got some news, some really cool news coming out of one specific really cool new Blank project. Uh, and and we'll see where we go from there, yeah? Cool. Awesome. Yeah, what do you what do you got today? What you, what's going on? Okay, well, it's not tea, but it's another um, it's another product from Bilpin. So it's the cider, the cider country. And Loki, I, I think you some... own Bilpin. I'm pretty sure you. I wish I did. It's a beautiful place up there. There's actually like barely anything. As soon as you get past Karajong, uh, there's basically just houses and farms, and that's it. You can't just make up words, and I'm I'm not going <laughs> to believe that there are places every time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anyway, what, what I brought today was some honey. And no, this one doesn't have bee bits, although I did find a couple. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, the interesting thing is it has some honeycomb in it. Uh, have you ever eaten honeycomb, Jeringa? I have. It's delicious. Yeah, I think it's great, too. Um, I'm going to eat it now. <laughs> we have a show to do. You can't be eating honeycomb. No, but it's so tasty. It's like it's nature's chewing gum. It is so good. Do you guys have the um, the breakfast cereal? I think it's called Honeycomb over there. There's this uh, little no, starchy honeycomb. Oh, they're we have so something good. Called crunchy nut. Is it shaped like a honeycomb? Is its mascot a bee? No. The mascot for honeycomb isn't a bee. Is it a bee? I need to look this up. You continue with your talking, sir. If you ever want to um, get some of this honey, you just go to Cabernet Country Honey in Bilpin. It's great. What did I say about making up words? <laughs> right. uh, you haven't even started you haven't even got me started on dubbo <laughs> no i haven't because i don't know that's the real word i don't th- we're gonna start the show now eh all right so we're gonna start off with some news we're gonna save the best news for last so stick around uh starting off let's go with eber cvs huh? Ibercivis is a blank project coming out of uh, the Council of Spain Sciences. Ah, man, I forgot what the that Council is. of Science. Yeah, the High it's Council of Science, powerful. like that. The all-powerful. <laughs> uh, they've been doing some COVID work. Uh, they're one of those projects, uh, and they have reached the end of phase one. They'll spend August analyzing the results archived or achieved from the crunches, excuse me, and then they'll potentially announce a phase two in September, uh, depending on what they find from August. So this is pretty cool. That means they got a lot of crunching done very uh, quickly, and now they're doing what the projects do, which is looking at what they did. <laughs> Just what Seti's doing right now. Yeah, it's 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 the process, man. Everyone gets involved in the yep. process. I'm gonna double check, triple check. That's how science gets done. Amen. Speaking of, uh, 
Delta, do you remember a while ago, World Community Grid, the project coming out of IBM and their Open Zika project, where they, um, we use this one as the example all the time with the biology projects, where it's like, yeah, they just throw like millions of compounds through simulations to find some with the potential. Do you remember this project? You put it in the bucket, you stir it around, add some sugar, and put in some salt, and then stir it aground, chuck it so in the oven. <laughs> that's how you make the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, okay, what happened? <laughs> so uh well they finished their open Zika uh computations a while ago and uh they what they narrowed it down from several million candidates to some twenty something. And it turns out there is at least one that has uh a high like it looks good, right? So they're gonna continue researching it. And it is a type of inhibitor uh that at the very least is going to teach more about teach us like as a species more about how viruses work and how we might be able to stop them in the future which is great for uh you know global society where pandemics are a thing uh and at the very most hey it's a cure for zika so somewhere in between though is probably where it's gonna land (laughs) (laughs) and so what's meant by good is that uh first of all it's able to inhibit the Zika virus in some way to prevent it from either being infectious or going into the cell or just completely destroying the Zika virus itself. It's also able to be druggable. So it means that it can be turned into a drug and administered in some way, either through injection or through a pill of some sort. Uh, And also it's non-toxic, so it doesn't hurt the human body and doesn't have many side effects or supposedly won't have any according to the simulations. Awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, Foxy says that uh, they thought that we'd gotten rid of Zika ages ago. That is the scary thing of viruses, right? Because you don't Sounds hear, like it, yeah. <laughs> you don't hear about viruses until they're like wreaking havoc. But the fact is, there are a lot of viruses all over the place, and it's always just a matter of time until there's a pandemic, right? This this pandemic was predicted like eight times, starting from the 1980s, probably more than eight. A good number of times, people have been like, "Hey guys, look out." There's a virus coming. We, pre- we should probably figure out how viruses work. So yeah, Zika is still around. Uh, it was really bad in the U.S. Um, several years ago, and with climate change happening and the you know climate's generally warming, we're going to be seeing more and more viruses, or so the predictions go. Uh, so it's a good thing to you know get a foundational understanding of how these things work, how we might be able to stop them in the future. And you know, COVID is. A uh, terrible, terrible thing. But you know, if we want a silver lining, this we are putting in as a, like as a society right now, and money and viruses, and we're going to come out on the other side of this with a faster way to produce drugs when it's needed, a faster way to find uh, genetic sequences, a faster way to develop everything, a better understanding on receptors and inhibitors and all this stuff. We're going to have greater appreciation for distributed computing because of projects like Folding at Home, World Community Grid, um, GPU Grid, TN Grid, I'm going to forget some, EBRCVs, Rosetta at Home. Because of all these projects, people are going to be more involved in the scientific process. So we're going to—it's going to be easier to establish trust with the population in the future regarding vaccines and all that stuff. So there is good that we can suss out of this. And Open Zika was a project that was working on this Zika virus, which is still a very big deal, uh, well before uh, there was a pandemic. Oh, dude, I hate mosquitoes. Me <laughs> too. Why is there a picture of mosquitoes now? <laughs> Yeah. I, I went up to Queensland one time uh, in Australia. It's closer to the tropics. And 
the mosquitoes there have a very notable difference than down here. They're about three times as big, and they're about ten times as vicious. All right, Oof. I <laughs> you had to spray like a thick layer of insect repellent all over your body in order to repel these mosquitoes. They they oh they were huge. They came from everywhere. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This picture is from Siberia. Yes. Uh, Vitaly posts a picture of just like mosquitoes swarming everywhere, and he says, "Meanwhile in Siberia." And and sac uh yeah sac props reiterated one and it blew up with blood. Oh. I mean they always do that, but it was it was so I much. I was shocked. That. I hope it was just I think my we've blood. All had that <laughs> at one point. Super disturbing, but yeah. So that's Open Zika. They're doing cool stuff. World Community Grid at large is doing some pretty cool stuff with the biology. Uh, their Open Pandemics project is one you want to look into if you're interested in helping develop tools to fight future pandemics along with the COVID nineteen project or yeah problem. Uh, any more thoughts on, on Zika, Open Zika, World Community Grid? I think you're going to need to insert a viewer discretion warning before you mention that you just popped a mosquito. <laughs> uh, if anyone gets squelchy over that, they can go listen to a, to a different podcast. <laughs> so, uh, mosquito popping with Jay Ringo. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the sound of me popping mosquitoes. Uh, well, let's see. What are the other news we got? Oh, uh, another news Tal Regev brings up, uh, and this is a pretty cool thing, a little ironic, but um, if you know the history of open source, uh, but Microsoft, who just purchased GitHub, uh, is starting an a endeavor called Arc... Uh, I guess it's just called the archive program, the GitHub archive program, and they're putting a bunch of open source software in these archives uh, so that we can have them forever. And Boink is one of the projects that got put in there, so that's pretty cool. Awesome. More news, more news coming out of... We did Eber CVs. We did... I got one for Milky Way. <laughs> got one for Milky Way? What do you got for Milky Way? Ah, okay. Milky Way at home. Uh, they mentioned a, a good little while back. Um, the uh, I think they're starting to converge a lot of the end-body work units that they have. So they're coming to a completion of some sort. Uh, and if you want to know the technical side of it, they're converging to compact the progenitors due to an overly restrictive data histogram. What did uh, I tell you about fixed... making up words, dude? <laughs> they they <laughs> fixed they fixed the data histogram and placed new runs up on the server. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, some of the end-body runs were a bit erroneous with their data and their and their uh, and their final histogram summation of the data. So they've reset it all. So should be good to run Milky Way at home now. Cool. I just wanted to say all those fun words. <laughs> that did sound like a blast. I'm a little jealous. Uh, can you do the Qcompedia news too? Yeah, sure. Um, in, Qcom in terms of Qcompedia, they've announced a publication of some work. And what they are doing is they're generating molecules with AI. So uh, what they've been doing is they've tried it out and they've generated, they say, more than 2.5 million small molecules. Uh, they have small work units now, so if you want some really short work units that might uh, finish in less than 30 minutes, hopefully. Uh, Qcompedia has some. I know that a lot of people like really short work units, uh, especially me on my laptop, because my laptop's not that powerful, and I'm only on it for like an hour at most, so short work units are great. In terms of the paper, uh, let me just open it. They call it EvoMol, uh, and they describe it as a flexible and in, uh, interpretable evolutionary algorithm for unbiased de novo molecular generation. So what this, in, in other words, what it means is you write a program to generate molecules. 
And uh, they, they go on to say that it will be unbiased. So it, it has to be unbiased in science all the time. Uh, and it will generate molecules for a specific purpose. And because it's an AI, you can train it. So it'll spit out a molecule. You see if that molecule is good and tell the AI, no, this is a bad molecule. And then it'll spit out another one and you run it through your simulations and you tell the AI, okay, this one's about 40% effective. And the AI will say, okay, I'll, I'll read and redo my inputs. And then you run it again and you keep running and you keep running it. And eventually the AI will hopefully start spitting out just molecules that work. And so uh, I haven't read the full paper, but as far as I can see, that's sort of how it works. Cool, 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 cool. Qcompedia is one of those uh, new projects, huh? Yeah, I think I did a project brief on them. So if you want to check out exactly what they do, because they don't just do this sort of stuff. They do a whole lot, a lot of different stuff. One, one of the notable things is that one, they want to be able to index the database of molecules. So they want to take all the molecules possible and put an AI in charge of saying, okay, you want something that works well with solar panels? Uh, here's some molecules that work well with solar panels sort of thing. And so this is one part of their research is actually generating the molecules. And the next one will be studying them. I do remember that project brief. That was a really good one. Folks should go yep. listen to it. Uh, but speaking of new projects, um, so Ugly Bag of Mostly Waters Project, MLC at Home, which is doing some machine learning magic, uh, just got its thousandth uh, uh, contributor, I think, thousandth computer. Uh, so that's really cool. That project fired up, what was it? It was like, it was just a couple weeks ago. One thousandth host, he says, from about three weeks ago. That's pretty cool. That's a quick uh spin up time and if you're also a project admin feel free to come into the boink network discord we have a lot of people who crunch a lot of projects here and you can go talk to them and you can get your project pitched on our radio <laughs> <laughs> and and if you are a project admin before we go into our last and final last and final our, our main news topic of the uh of the evening here come in and let us know so that we can get you involved in the virtual Boink workshop, which looks like it's going to happen. Uh, we're going to need a lot of help to pull this off. We got some projects sort of interested. We got the PMC board a little bit interested. We're going to have a little uh, writings coming out soon, uh, asking for help, essentially letting everyone know what we want to do with the theme and the the, the feel of it. And uh, you know, it's our first time doing a, a virtual workshop. Usually these things are in person and you go eat food and you go for a walk and it's a lot of fun, but we can't do that. So we're going to flip some pancakes and drive around a 360 degree camera and talk about Boink. <laughs> <laughs> in general, though, we're thinking that this is a great opportunity to get Boink in front of people who are just interested in science in general and but wouldn't otherwise come to the workshop because they're like, Boink, what the hell's Boink? Or they would never know that there's a workshop in the first place. So we have an opportunity here to sell Boink to people who just want to participate. Maybe they heard about Folding at Home. Maybe they've heard about the project we're about to talk about. Uh, and they just they want to come listen and learn how they can contribute. Uh, so think along those lines and come contribute. So we're going to need, there's going to be, like I said, more information on this coming out shortly. Shortly is like probably a couple of weeks, but um, basically we're going to need people to help plan uh, the logistics of it all, the itinerary. We're going to need people to help sort of keep things moving once we start the the couple day event. You know, technical people to be around if something goes wrong to help us decide what software to use, and and maybe some some designer people to put some graphics together for in between talks. We're going to need people to help projects put together. Uh, 
sort of presentations or if they want to pre-record a presentation we're going to need to help we're going to need to have people help the projects pre-record a presentation we're going to need people who know how to do uh marketing and outreach because if we want to get this out to people beyond the boink bubble we're going to need to get it out there and you know we're a lot of us are scientists and, and techies and we don't all know how to do that so if you know how to do that that's a great way to contribute here to boink uh and we're going to need people who just, yeah, just help organize the stuff. You know, we'll have more details on specifics as we move forward. But if you're interested at all, feel free to ping me on the Discord right now and let us know. And we'll keep you in, keep you in the loops. Um, but yeah, the, um, the project that is a perfect example of what we want to do with the virtual workshop uh, that we've been talking about is called Minecraft at Home. And it's a newer project. It's only a couple weeks old, I think, maybe a, a month or two. Uh, and they started out, I think, just by looking for the tallest cactus. And we need to make a correction. We were corrected last week, but, you know, Discord broke. Uh, the first time we talked about this project, uh, we said that the cactuses are really tall near the border of the map because there's a bug or something. That's not true. What happens is when the map is generated, sometimes a cactus gets stacked on top of another cactus. So that's how you get a really tall cactus. So when they're searching for the tallest cactuses, they're literally just stacking cactus. Stack that cac. It's sort of like a recursive stacking. So it'll accidentally stack a cactus on top of a cactus, and then it'll accidentally probably stack a cactus on top of that cactus again, hopefully. <laughs> you end up getting... I, like... I don't know that much about Minecraft in at the technical level, <laughs> but I think that's how it, how it works. You get, you get that cack overflow. <laughs> exactly, Foxy. <laughs> Uh, so they uh, recently set up another part of their project. There, I'm gonna gush about this project in a minute. But the other stuff they did was um, so I also don't know much about Minecraft, but I know what the loading screen looks like, and that loading screen is a map. So people have been searching for that seed for that map for ages, like since the the freaking game came out. Uh, and so they set up a very clever Boink project uh, that used a bunch of different methods to like confirm that a seed is the actual like map from the intro screen and then they made it made it a boink project and then they found the seed for the intro screen and uh it's kind of blown up they have like videos with two million views out on youtube their discord is up to like five thousand people on it uh it, it's just crazy because what these guys did and they say this right off the bat when you talk to them about their project um they think that there are a lot of people who would love Boink. They're just not aware that it exists. And Minecraft in particular is an audience that would love Boink, the Minecraft audience. It's like right up here. It's techie, it's computers, it's science, it's fun. And Minecraft, so they, they took those concepts and put it into a Minecraft project, which is stuff they're interested in. And uh, they spread it around the Minecraft world and they got people contributing to it. And I have no doubt that some of those people are now going to filter into other Boink projects because it's like, oh, wow. This thing exists. I can go look at asteroids, or like scan the universe, or or, or solve uh, the COVID problem, or or do just molecular biology at, in the beginning. And it's like that is that is amazing. We talk a lot about these projects that do good communication and engagement, like World Community Grid. Rosetta recently started their stuff. Nano Hub, which Delta just did a project brief on, uh, and that's great. It's still very scientific engagement, though. This is just like people love Minecraft. And, and so use Boink, bring Boink to them instead of trying to bring them to Boink. Like it, it, it was, it's such a cool project. 
Well, often gamers are pretty uh, well-versed with Boink. Uh, there's a lot of people in the gaming community who have stumbled upon Boink as well, and it's great because they're the ones with a lot of computing power. <laughs> that is so true. Like, they got the, <laughs> the freaking GPUs. I don't know. Is a, is Minecraft at home CPU and GPU or just CPU, or what is it? Uh, I think it's only CPU. Folk will know. Uh, he says it's pretty much just GPU. He also oh, says, GPU, he says per chunk Minecraft tries to place 90 cacti, and there's an overlap of four chunks, meaning uh, a theoretical but practically impossible maximum height of 360. That's a tall cactus. I really hope you find that. Oh, right. It uses OpenCL. That's that's why it uses GPU. Okay. Cool. So this is a project that's bringing in so, uh, bringing in so many people and so much attention to Boink. It's... Like, we're going to get more developers out of this. We're going to get more contributors, steady contributors out of this. It's just a matter of having the infrastructure for them when they come in to stick around and discover the rest of Boink through a project. Delta, you talk about this a lot when I bring up Boink as a network concepts, where it's like people can come into one project, but then they'll go find other projects, right? It's, it's like that funnel effect. Yep. Well, a portion of the um, a portion of the people who come into Boink for one project will come on and stay on. And then a portion of those people who stay on will go and explore different projects. And a portion of those people who stay on and explore those other projects will stay on crunching those other projects and be a part of the community. So it's a little flow-on effect. Although there are a lot of people who do come on and then just sort of, I guess, like lose themselves and not come on anymore after a couple, um, a week or so, uh, there's still a good portion that come on and stay on. And uh, one of the great reasons why they come on and stay on is because they're kept engaged and there's results. Uh, and that's what we're seeing with Minecraft at home. And there's community too. See, this is what I mean when it's they brought Boink to people. There was already a Minecraft community. It's similar actually to the, the COVID projects. There was already a large community of people who wanted to stop the coronavirus. So when a Boink project came up that tapped that community, this is like a weird way to think about it, but when the, a project came up to tap that community, those people stick around to work on that project because they're already part of that community. Same thing with the Minecraft community. They bring a Boink project in and they already are all a bunch of people who love Minecraft. If we can think about those concepts with other large communities and then make Boink projects for those communities, um, you can bring Boink to large communities and then they'll stay there and uh, either crunch those projects. A lot of people will just stay there crunching that project or they'll go to other stuff. People are curious folks, particularly gamers, particularly people in Minecraft. That game is all about just like creating cool stuff. <laughs> I think the next big boom for Boink is going to be the guttering community and making <laughs> my guttering project to help the guttering community make the most efficient guttering. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm on board. <laughs> We can go to guttering conventions, which I hope exist. <laughs> I hope those exist. I'd love to I'd love to go there and talk about my idea for a Boink project on guttering and seeing if they would like to have more efficient guttering. <laughs> oh man, this is great. Like I like I I put up some gutters in my day. It's fairly straightforward. Like there's not much to do in terms of different layouts for guttering, so I just want to see what your software comes up with. Um, yeah, well, what it'll do is, uh, well, the what the idea does is uh, it takes the uh, plans of your house, plans out the guttering, you signify areas where you can and can't put a downpipe, it'll place downpipes accordingly, and it'll find the most efficient way of placing those downpipes such that the cost is minimized. 
Yeah, we already know how that works. Never mind. You'll you'll learn one day <laughs> when you put up a gutter. We already know all this. So I want to see if your software matches what we've figured out by um, just trial and error over the decades, centuries. And <laughs> yeah, the centuries it'll take to <laughs> calculate the guttering. <laughs> Crunchy Haggis uh, does. He is correct when he says that our mind always seems to be in the gutter. <laughs> uh, I, I saw um someone posted something earlier here uh regarding gpu grid i think uh and i just came across this paper that they posted uh and the paper is on something called cryptic scout and so uh they're predicting protein cryptic sites using mixed solvent molecular simulation so basically what that means is they predict what protein uh, what binding sites proteins may have so it's a place where a drug or a medicine can bind to in the protein to stop it from doing something or cause it to do something uh and interestingly enough it has an interactive element to it uh if you guys want to check out playmolecule.com there's a whole bunch of tools and stuff there that you can just do in your browser which is pretty spectacular cool speaking of browser games uh i was just introduced to the cern click game the other day and it's from like 2015, I think. But man, is that thing addicted. I I blew like an hour or two just clicking what my mouse. It? It's a click game. I'll find the link for you. But basically, you just click the particle. You just click your screen, and it gives you um, research. And then you use the research to to get money. And then you buy students with money. And the same <laughs> money and the students create research. And then the research gives you money, and it's just a circle. Oh, <laughs> one of those games, yeah. <laughs> I was so thinking of making a game sort of like that, except uh, you collect like uh, you collect particles, and you use those particles and sell those particles, and then you buy more machinery to collect more particles, and then you buy better machinery to find better particles to sell for more money, and then sell those, uh, and then get more money to buy bigger machinery to find dark matter <laughs> in the end. <laughs> just like life. Just like life. Yeah. <laughs> that note. <laughs> uh, yep. Sackfop says that uh, he suspects Boink Chess may be able to draw some attention one day. It might. I don't know how big the chess community is, though. I feel like there's a highly... Well, Minecraft is a highly specific community, too. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we've solved a lot of chess problems, but I think there is... Excuse me. Uh, there is one project. Uh, I'm not sure if it's Yo-Yo at Home or Yay-Fu. Um I can never distinguish between the two, but uh, I think I think it's Yo-Yo at Home. They do M Queens, I think it's called, uh, oh, and it's yeah. like a chessboard project uh, sort of thing. But what about something like um, uh, Fortnite, where you build the most efficient oh, tower or something <laughs> like that? And because that's just like a computational task, and that for is yeah, huge, com- yeah. huge uh, community that would be pretty fun. I'm sure they would love watching a uh, tower building simulator. And Basically you just don't even need the game. whole game to run the run the simulation because most of it's predefined. You can make like a stair or something, and like I've seen people make walls and towers and stuff like that. Yeah, or like when uh, when Angry Birds came out, like trying to find the most bounces of a bird that gets it in one shot every time. Like stuff like that. Let's just like find a hype thing that's going on and then make a simple blink project on it. That's just straightforward and taps that community. Mm. Uh, Volk has just been reminded that they do have a version uh, coming soon for Minecraft at home that uses Rust and runs on CPU. Uh, that's pretty cool. All right. So they're just developing this thing like crazy. I'm telling you, Minecraft at Home is probably my favorite project and probably the best project for Boink to come out of the woodwork over the past like five to ten years. This thing is 
It's oh yeah, it's great. I'm I'm very happy. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, it right, might. Should t- we do uh, rig of the week? Oh yeah, grab that rig of the week. I got one more thing to say about Minecraft at home. It might not be the science we're looking for, guys. It might not be the cure to cancer. It might not be um like the asteroid that's coming to kill the Earth and we just discovered it. It might not be the secret to the universe, the life and everything. But my God, it's bringing people in that will help us find those things. And it's bringing people into a permissionless distributed computing system instead of into a pay-to-play system. And they're coming, and they're coming quick. Uh, they're going to be here very soon. So Boink has got to exist to counter those pay-to-play systems uh, because it's a permissionless system. These guys just came in because this infrastructure existed where anyone could access it, build it, and then just ask people to give them their computing power and not like have to pay them or anything like that. They just came in used the infrastructure, built a, a project for something they enjoyed, and discovered something that people have been looking for for years. How cool is that? Come on. Get like, your work units. Get your work units. <laughs> coming in hot, and they're going qu- They're going quickly. Come and get them now. <laughs> that was so good. Where did I you learn to do you, the They will not be here in the future. <laughs> oh, okay. Rig of the week. Rig of the week. Rig of the week. I found a really interesting one. Um, it wasn't in the Boink Network chat, but I found it in a different chat. Uh, this is this is pretty sick. I'll post it here. Okay. Uh, what is this? Name. This is real life. Yes, it is real life. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like one of those like towers from like a dystopian movie or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, it looks like a Diablo an alien thing. takes over stuff and oh. Uh, it's from Minus Wells, apparently, uh, and it's a whole bunch of Raspberry Pis. Uh, what version are they? This is the worst rig I've ever seen. I'm sorry to all other rig of the weeks. This is... <laughs> this one blows it out of the water. Oh my god. Uh, they're all Raspberry Pi 4s, uh, and as far as I can see there, they're doing something that looks probably like USB, Ethernet over USB or something like that, uh, unless I just can't see the cable behind it. Um, but yeah, I, God, I don't even know how many watts Foxy that says, would take uh, up. They counted, they counted 60 Raspberry Pis. Yeah, I think uh, I think Minus uh, Wells, the guy who posted it, said, uh, yeah, 240 cores. Jesus. So that's a lot of Raspberry Pi. I, I don't even know. If, are, there, are there projects that can satisfy that many Raspberry Pi cores? Because there's not a lot of ARM projects. Well, there will be in two years when everyone moves to ARM. <laughs> uh, I'll steal your arms. <laughs> I'll steal your arms? What? Don't steal my arms. I need these to drive <laughs> and to eat and stuff. So you can eat your pies. Ah, nice. Use the arms, well played, eat the pies. Yeah, there's still room for more. It's this tower thing, and it's got platforms on either side of the tower, and the tower is glowing, and there's four tiers of a t- of the tower, like a wedding cake or something. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah, each each plat- Raspberry Pi wedding cake. <laughs> Every platform is just stuffed with Raspberry Pis, but like nicely organized. Very nice cable management. Nice Pi distribution. Um, it, they spend a lot of time on this. This looks so nice. It'd be awesome if the Raspberry Pi had some like really nice blinking lights or something like that. Because all I know is it has, I think, the heartbeat, and that's the only one that is just blinks the heartbeat. But it was nice. It would be nice to see maybe like CPU process or something like as blinking lights, like you have in the server rooms. <laughs> yeah, this is so impressive. It looks actually looks like a um, the chess game from Star Trek, uh, the multi-layered uh, chess game. I forget what it's called. Ugly bag. You might know. I I can't say. I don't watch Star Trek. <laughs> So cool. All right. Well, rig of the week. 
What do they win? Uh, I'm going to give him a bit of respect. I'll give him a little bit of honor. It's <laughs> <laughs> Brock Dino. All right, awesome. I guess we'll wrap it up for the day then, huh? Yeah, let's go. Let's get out with that cheesy puns. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then we will uh, We'll catch you all next week here on the Boink Network Discord server for another episode of the Boink Radio, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Bring your mics, bring your chats, bring your rigs. Win yourself that respect and honor. Uh, and have a great week, everyone. Happy crunching. See you later. Mm-hmm.